Hollywood, Florida, Loyoto Machida got knocked out by Yo Romero. Uh, you know, when the dragon goes up against the soldier of God, what do you expect to happen? Which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I'm Kevin, with me of course, birthday boy, Rafa Sparza. Rafa, happy birthday! Yes, thank you. Uh, more importantly, we should probably talk about what happened yesterday at the fights. We should, but you're such a workaholic, and look at you just still powering through. You're like, birthday, hey, we've got a podcast. Don't get don't get sentimental, Kevin. It's like, well, it's your birthday. I'm just, I think it's a good day to stop and reflect on all the great things you do oh. to make this podcast happen. Oh, thank That's you. That's all I'm saying. It's very nice of you, but no. More important issues. So, yesterday there were a series yeah. of fights, and... Correct. Kev, d- did you watch them? No. Okay. I did watch Yol Romero finish Loyota Machida. Like, I watched that fight, but that's all I watched. So you didn't see or happen to at all witness what happened after that? And did you hear about it? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. So there were some controversial statements, maybe, we don't know, that were made yesterday, Kev. And at the post-fight presser? Not even the post-fight presser. We're talking immediately after the fight. And what do we Ooh. always say about what happens when people speak on the microphone after a fight? <laughs> it, like, it almost shouldn't count because there's so much adrenaline. Ooh, they should have yeah. it. They should already have it memorized. Like it should be memorized. That's so close. Almost shouldn't count, right? Exa- yeah. Okay. So you didn't see any of it. You have no clue what I'm talking about. You didn't even see the meme I put out, correct? I did not, no. Okay. I'm sorry. I was sleeping. Don't worry oh, about it. You, you had a really rough nothing. And a few weeks. Yes. <laughs> so what I thought, because most of the people who are listening to this, like me, kind of know what happened. And if you don't, we're going to walk you through it. But Kev. I'm so excited. Uh, what, how important could this be? Like, I'm still. Yeah. So, and just so you guys know. Or offensive. We have not at all. <laughs> corroborated on what exactly these words are. There's been no discussion of it. Kevin is going to now read the exact transcript with maybe a little bit of phonetic uh, spelling to maybe help him understand what it is that That's just prudent, given my reading skills. That's just prudent. Okay. Kev, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Uh, I'm so excited. Okay. You're loading it up into the chat. So now I'm putting it in the chat, and Kevin is seeing it for the first time, and he's going to read it verbatim. I will not interrupt you, Kevin. You're just going to have to read the statement all the way through, okay? I think I understand. Okay. I have now sent it to Kevin. I'm giving him 20 seconds to familiarize himself with uh, (laughs) what the words are, and uh, now he'll kind of understand where we're about to go. Kev, are you ready for this? Uh, yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I present to you Kevin Phillips's interpretation, a cold read, if you would, of Yol Romero's post-fight winning speech. And here we go. I just want to shayway something. Maybe I cry in English, so I'm sorry if the people don't understand me, but I try. 
I, I, I try. E. Hey, UFC. Hey, Miami. Hey, Florida. Listen, people. Listen. 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 <laughs> what happened to you? You S ha. What happened to you? What's going on? You furry get from the best of the best of the world? The name Jesus Christ, Chris. What happened to you? Wake up. You Go. Go back for your go. Go for Jesus. Not for gay. Jesus people. Okay. So, um, good job, Kevin. Uh, this is slight This applause. is Yol Romero. That was Yol Yelling. Romero's uh, post-fight speech. Now, Kev, without any, you know, context, I think you did a good job. Uh, you may have forgotten how to articulate some words, but I didn't give you any direction on accent. <laughs> yet you filled that blank in yourself. You did a pretty good job phoneticking out things. Okay. So let's not give me any of the credit. It's very phonetically clear. So what's going to happen is I'm going to put Kevin on a short timeout. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue talking to you guys while Kevin watches this 45-second video I'm now sending to him. So, Kev, you watch this. I'm he's gonna... not talking about what I think he's talking well, about. Well, I want you like... to watch it because now that you've read it, maybe you have some better context that maybe I didn't. But uh, I'm going to give this uh, to you, Kev. You um, go ahead and mute your mic for 50 seconds to do this while I go ahead and talk to I, the folks, okay? I got you. Muted. All right. I've now sent this over to Kevin. So it's kind of weird because as you can see with what Kevin was talking about here, it wasn't entirely wrong what he was saying, uh, at least in terms of what the context was. I think Kevin did a pretty good job of illustrating the weirdness of what it is. This is a great example of when a fighter feels truly passionate about something and hasn't really pieced it together. So problem the first. We could tell that Yoel maybe didn't really uh, have a good advantage coming into the English language to go ahead and speak his truth, if you would. And number two, uh, there's kind of a controversy as to what exactly he meant. So as we get to the very end, I think you could make an argument that eh, maybe it wasn't so bad until maybe the last 10 seconds. And when you get to those last 10 seconds, I think that's where people start to get a little iffy. And if you listen to maybe how Kevin responds, I'm intrigued to hear what he has to say after having just not only read it cold, but now watched it. So in a couple seconds, we're going to bring Kevin back on. Okay, that right, last sentence. Okay, go ahead. That last sentence. What the fuck was that last sentence? You tell me. Not for gayous people? Okay, so you think he said what? Does he say, okay, like, let's talk about this. So on Friday, there was a, there was a very important Supreme Court decision made. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that is what this fighter is talking about. I'm telling you what the context of my mind has started to do, obviously. Uh -huh. as, as you must have. Uh, Rev's a very smart guy. He's obviously put this together well before I did. He knew about all of it. Mm -hmm. 
That last word, up, up until that point, because he's like, people of Florida, Miami. By the way, they're in Hollywood, Florida. Yo, <laughs> let's, uh, let's just remember where we're at here. Mm-hmm. But that last sentence is says something about not for gay Jesus. Yes, let's discuss for gay Jesus. Now, depending Who on... Who is for gay Jesus? <laughs> what does for gay Jesus mean? Uh, I wish I could tell you. I, I really don't have a major context of what... Uh, I didn't know there was a gay Jesus, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is out there. No, okay, so Kev, this is where maybe the English <laughs> translation doesn't work all that well. But I have some questions, and maybe now that you've listened to it, maybe you, you can help me answer some of these. Uh, number yeah. one, <clears throat> would you like to know? Number one, are we taking advice from fighters from Cuba? Like, <laughs> no, sorry. Number one, what was Hugo? Well, did you know that there was a statement that was definitely released after all of this was done? I did not know this. Oh, this happened. From who? From Yoel himself. Oh, God. Okay. Clarifying his position. Now that Kevin has read uh, the statements for there, saying gay I Jesus. will read. <laughs> or whatever he said. I don't know what he said. <sighs> yes. Okay. So <laughs> this is the best part of this article. His closing statement came under the most scrutiny as he apparently said, go for Jesus not for gay Jesus, or go for Jesus, <laughs> not forget Jesus. So we think he together. said something to that, whatever. Yeah, something to that effect. Okay, so here are his words. First of all, I would like to apologize. There was a misunderstanding. First of all, I'm a man of God, and God is love. My expressions are always to be about love. What I was trying to say was, look for the American dream. There was a misunderstanding about gay marriage. Oh, thank God. So, let's stop here for a second. Do you uh, buy this? Makes it feel so much better. Uh, I, I, I don't. I do not a thousand percent buy this. Why is that, Kevin? The fuck's he talking about? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe this is about the American dream. See, he's he has a warning tone. He has a tone like he's like. Uh, USA, what are you doing? And he says something at the end that sounds... He's alluding to it. I'm sorry, he is. That's how it sounds to me. What do you, I, what do you think? Where are you at? I don't believe him. I, I believe he was talking about it. All right, all right. Let me walk you through the scenarios I've put in my head. I may be willing to concede he didn't say gay Jesus. Don't for I don't think Jesus. he meant to say gay Jesus, but he definitely meant to say gay. Okay, so I think that's where the translation is a little warped. So, okay, great. Um, Maybe the word gay just subconsciously slipped in there. But the tone you're talking about is something that doesn't quite sit with me because it sounds not like a passion plead like, hey, I'm glad to be in in this America. I'm happy. It's like, what happened to you? So yeah, he's giving us the "What are you doing?" while right. wearing a John three sixteen headband. And here's my thing: is he is trying to inform all of us that we're, I guess, messed up, or maybe, hey, wake up! We're not the country we were supposed to be. Which, if you haven't seen our meme yet, I will send that to you as well, Kevin, because I made sure oh, that awesome. Kevin could no, not really possibly excited. see all of these things. <laughs> For fear that it might ruin the integrity of how we that, discuss this. That I might get some intellectual curiosity and be like, 
what it what happened at the fight that has people upset? But <laughs> as the I meme, might Google it. As the meme Kevin is going to see for the very <laughs> first time right now is so eloquently <laughs> illustrating from us. It is I'm sorry. Is the Cuban trying to tell us how to America? <laughs> Because I don't care if you agree with it or not, dude. You are, are trying to tell Dynamite us how to be a better country. So gay marriage aside, you're trying to tell us something. But, hey, Kev, that's not what he meant. Because later on he clarified, <laughs> listen, I didn't refer to anybody. What I was trying to say was, United States, thank you for giving me the American dream. Now, did you get that in any at all. No, no, and that's that's why it's also like it's shitty PR is also yes. what it is. Somebody's like, well, let's just blame his accent. That works. Well, and you know who has mm-hmm. shitty PR, just shitty enough to think of that stupid answer? The UFC. That My was their was. B team out in Hollywood, Florida, coming <laughs> up with the quickest spin they possibly could, and it was a shitty one. Well, okay. He goes on to state, we want to make sure we try and hear him out. He said, there's no better country than this one because it's blessed by God. It's in the dollars that this country was made by Christian people. That means it's blessed by God. Okay, so I'm not even a thousand percent sure I agree with the rest of that bullshit. That it's the best country in the world. I'm just still like, why don't you just own what you did? And first of all, this is what we're talking about. This is why you should never put a microphone in a fighter's face ten seconds after they knock. And I think if you're a person who says, "I'm going to try this in English," I don't know how it's going to go. You know. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, don't try it in English. We don't need to hear You're whatever gonna say political gay statements Jesus, you need to stay. It's not going to come well. So this was interesting, Kevin, because as I'm sure you <laughs> have seen in world news and events, people feel very strongly about uh, the gay marriage oh, issue. So people were, yeah. you know, people put up really anti-us uh, shit on our Instagram, which was fun to read. Um, Anti-you and I? Oh, yeah. In response to our meme that I showed Kevin, which is uh, J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man, as played by J.K. Simmons, as I've already illustrated here, basically laughing and saying – It's great. That That look look when a UFC fighter from Cuba tries to tell you how to America. That's a great joke, by the way. Plus, it's just said funny. And the thing is, much like where they're like, hey, guys, he didn't say gay marriage. Well, neither did we. So – there's that. But number two, I think the problem is here, and you illustrated it very nicely, which is I think there is a very quick conversation that happened on the way back to the locker room. And I think they gave him a statement because I, for one, yeah. didn't feel like there was any resemblance to what he was clarifying to what he said. No. Now, Kev, this is interesting because do you remember the last time Yoel was kind of – in the news, if you would, in the MMA world? I do not. I can't say other than knowing he knocked the shit out of some people. I really can't. Do you remember maybe a friend on the podcast he might have done something to? Uh, Maybe Tim Kennedy? There is. Hold on. Yes, I do. Tell me about what happened on that fight, Kevin. I don't know what happened. All right. I'll tell you because why not? In that fight, you may remember Tim Kennedy got Yoel real close to a knockout. Yoel survives, makes it to another round. When he was on his stool, his corner oh, he didn't come out. kept him there for too long yeah. to allow him oh, extra time this. to recover. And do you know the reason why, Kevin? 
uh-uh. because they claimed was there was a problem the in the translation. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I Fool forgot why, once. but I do remember you and I thinking that was ridiculous. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on JK Jesus. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where else to go with that. But listen, guys, I will say this. You A have to admit that's super ridiculous. Uh B, I don't understand how you can try and at least make a media thing out of this in terms of Trying to understand what it is he's talking about because I don't even know if he knows what he's talking about. And I'm positive he doesn't know what he's talking about. And number three, if I could make a suggestion though, UFC fighters. Literally talk about the crowd, tell how much fun you had fighting. Because here's the thing, he got a great knockout against Leota Machida that was dangerous that should put him in top contention. And it still probably will. But that was a poor time to do that, considering the Romero train was on its way upward in that division. So, seconds before Romero had to talk about gay Jesus. I'm sorry, that's one of the funniest things I've seen in a really long time. I can't believe he did that. Thank you for showing it to me all at once tonight. Like dynamite. Hold on. Uh, wow, I must have really been asleep this weekend to have missed this little cross connection. But you know, I'm I have glad to admit, I know okay. now. I have to admit uh, that there was a great moment when you were talking about. I go, Kev, did you see the fights? And normally, in your mind, you think, Yeah, Raph, I saw some highlights. I should be fine. And I'm like, No, no, no. Forget the highlights. It's not even what what the real magic was. Just wait until you see the post-fight analysis. Who says, wait for the post-fight interview? I genuinely, you you had me, I was like, what could he have possibly said? That, <laughs> I was like, I guess that, that's what he could have possibly said. <laughs> of course he did. What an idiot. I'm sorry, that was dumb. All right. Hey, should we put money on whether or not Aldo's going to fight? Yes. Are you ready to talk about that yet? <laughs> well, okay. It's gonna happen. Um, it's gonna happen. That's a great, great question. Uh, I did an article for First Slice this week where I outlined exactly what has been taking place, and it seems like the story is changing on us. Kev, do you remember where you were when you heard the news that Aldo had injured his rib? I must have been somewhere where I had Facebook because you messaged me. Yes. And what was your initial reaction to him uh, with the rib injury uh, two weeks out? That it was either much worse or nothing at all. Okay. Okay. Uh, I thought they were either trying to hype the fight or they were trying to destroy it slowly and didn't want to do it with, like, blunt force to the head. Sure. Now, he gets injured and the UFC goes radio silent, which, as we know, obviously means... Uh, almost nothing. They're just going to keep leaking and Dana's going to keep making very oh. obvious statements on the record. Oh, no, no, no. In my mind, when the UFC goes radio silent, that means something's up. That means, oh, shit, this oh, is real. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's what it, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so they go radio silent. All of us are kind of left to our own devices to try and figure out. Conor McGregor has a great field day making fun of Aldo, as he should. The spare rib photo of him, perfect. Hilarious. <laughs> And the weirdest part of this whole situation is we get Dana White who posts a photo that just says, relax, guys, which I always interpret in my Dana 
interpretation voice as, hey, you fucking dummies, you fucking relax, which, okay, great. So anyway, that goes on, and uh, you get a teammate being quoted that he feels really bad for injuring Aldo. Now people are starting to offer up to go ahead and take on this. They're offering, you know, you've got Chad Mendes, Frankie Edgar, everybody (laughs) and their mom in that division. Even people outside of the division are offering to step in on a moment's slowness. And you you have to wonder for a week where there's so much where that they have so much writing on it that they said, oh, fuck. We need to do something. So go radio silent. Don't say anything. Let's send them to the doctors. And you know what the doctor said, Kev? What? Doctor said, eh, he's bruised. He's fine. He's, <laughs> the fight's going to go on. But just as a precaution, we have Chad Mendes on the side. And <laughs> but Chad Mendes is outside. He's sweating. Revealed that he's going to get paid no matter what, which definitely – is not a sign that we are prepared for him to step in at a moment's notice. So that now even the Vegas odds are taking to the point where it's not just Aldo versus McGregor. It's now Vegas lines are opening up where it's Mendes versus McGregor. That's how fucking That's crazy insane. the world is. That's when Vegas Vegas takes that seriously. As they should. Now, Kevin, here is my question to you. How much money did they throw at Aldo to make this fight continue? Oh, I don't know, but I should get some to pay off student loans, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to throw me a dime, uh, 50000 just to keep him on retainer no matter what. Well, that's pocket change, considering the following information. Now, Dana was saying before any of this happened, before the rib injury, that this fight was scheduled to do about... 1 million pay-per-view buys. Aldo's never even seen that number in his career ever before. Now, if that were to be true, Aldo actually has one of those clauses that gives him a cut of pay-per-view buys. So, let's do some quick math. If you're going to get, let's say he reaches the tier where it's 250 past a certain number, I think it's like uh, 300,000, okay? Uh, Maybe 400,000. 250 per pay-per-view. It is now going to roughly equate to four to five million dollars. And we're not talking about the Nevada State Athletic Commission. We're talking just the pay-per-view slice of the pie. So I think what ends up happening is Dana probably ups that a little bit and says, I know you're fucking injured, but you fucking fight. And if you lose, then we fucking do it over and you get an immediate rematch. And that's what everybody's been speculating. So... What does this do for your interest in the fight? Does it make you more interested in it? Does it make you less interested? I'm not really sure. Tell me where you are. Keeps, I was like, it keeps me as interested as I currently am. I frankly think this is a little bit what they get for that really douchey world tour they did. <laughs> I think this is just they were asking for this when they were like, seven nations, whatever. Four nations. <laughs> um, I guess I'm as interested in the fight as I was before. I don't know. Like, I can't. Isn't Jose Aldo... With a slightly banged up rib still better than everyone else? Great question. Well, if you were Conor McGregor, wouldn't you target the rib section? Fuck yes. Well, uh, if you believe what he's saying to the media, which, I mean, we have all the reason in the world to just take him at carte blanche. I would think that when you hear Conor McGregor say he's not interested in the rib, he wants to bust his chin. 
they're really playing into whatever this is. But you better believe yeah. if I were fighting for a title and I was given inside information that you had a broken rib, I, as a friend, Kevin, and just as a friend, I would hit you in the <laughs> rib because I'd want to make it really quick and painless. Because you deserve it. Yeah, thanks. Wow. That would do it on the painless. That would really take care of that. You a-hole. I would want to make sure that we keep you as out of long-term injury as possible. You're very compassionate. Right? Thank you. And I just want to—I—I th- want to say that early. I want to say thank you for worrying about my injured rib. Um, I'm curious to see how this plays out because I don't—I don't think he's going to get in the cage. I don't. Fascinating. That's my—that's my thought process. I'm—I don't know, man. I at this at a certain point, I was wondering, you know, why should he get out there? And obviously, the money's good. But when you have an undefeated record in the UFC, why are you chancing that? I don't know. I mean, his coaches were the ones that were trying to get him out of it. And this is the one that's the most baffling to me. I love that the UFC was playing it as, relax, it's no big deal. But Jose Aldo has been injured before. In fact, this is the fifth time he has pulled out of a fight. But he's kind of a tough guy. He's kind of a... You know, he's he's fought some guys. He's been banged up. I I'll understand. take your word for it. I don't know that I can. Yeah. Well, he's obviously. beaten everybody he's faced in the UFC, so no, I think yes, that stands for something. Guy. Yeah. But knows. do you really imagine him going to a doctor to go check and see if something's injured, if it's not really bad? And then they they try and downplay it, and they go, No, 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 he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's gonna show up. He's just ooh, a little banged up, but enough to go to a doctor and be like, Can I still fight? Because, ooh, rib now. <laughs> That's what I want to... <laughs> I just want to have that same, like... Uh, I'm probably fine. It's... it's. I mean, it's definitely broken, but otherwise... Yeah. No, he's tougher than I am. So, but here's what I want to hold you to. You, okay. What do you think are the odds that he gets in the cage, they shut the cage, and McGregor versus Aldo fight? Great question. <sighs> The apparent okay. Now, are you ready for this part of the story? You see what I'm dealing. You see what I'm dealing with, people. For as much as I don't do any research, Raft does too much. Don't you want to <laughs> know the full fucking story? I do. I absolutely do. All right. Don't yeah. give me shit. Non-research. <laughs> Be like Raft. You brought too much information to help me make an informed decision. Ugh. It's like I'm someone brought gut. the USS Nemitz to a knife fight. Ugh. Woof. Please don't ever make references like that again. Here's the information you should know. It's apparently been reported that there have been two different reports on how serious his rib injury is, Kevin. On how serious it is. Insinuating that it's not a matter of injury, it's a matter of seriousness of the injury. Yes, and one doctor saying, oh, he's fine, he's going to go in there, no problem. And another set of doctors saying, "Uh, it's more like a fracture, it's a little more... Complicated than you guys thought. So there is some good reason to believe he may not be able to make it into that fight. That's not a bad proposition. However, Kev, I'm going to reserve my ability to tell you whether he makes it into the cage until we record our next installment where we do an over-under Kevin. And then I will have a prediction for you. Well, hang on to your butts, people, and tune in for the next podcast, I guess. But also tune in because we're about to interview Tom DeBlast. That's right. Which is awesome. 
And it was a blast. What? <laughs> hey, oh, let's go talk to him now. Tom, please don't hurt me for that. I hope he does. I knew. Verbal Tap fans, we have God, long time. I don't even know, Raph, when you have someone that's been fighting in jiu-jitsu since 2007, MMA in addition, I guess let's just hit the, the main organizations he's fought for. Uh, UFC, that up-and-comer, mm-hmm. Bellator, uh, pretty much any of the grappling tournaments, including ADCC, uh, which I've never found particularly interesting, but obviously the grappling world's a big fan, so we'll tolerate. We'll continue to promote it. Um, you also know because you started a successful school now that's just pumping out killers at a pretty routine basis. We have Tom DeBlasseline. Tom, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, guys. How's everything? It's going great. We've had some Ocean County Jiu-Jitsu people through here before. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> now, hold on, Tom. Why is there an uh-oh on your side? Because we may have a different entirely set of different uh-ohs on our side. Uh, well, I'm assuming uh, if you had other guests on the on the show, it's probably my, my student and uh, – Professional weird picture taker Gary Cohen. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes, and correct. We do have some questions with Gary. Uh, I guess the first of which uh, being, you know, you graduated in 2004 with a degree in special education and elementary education. How much does that help in your communication with Gary? Wow, wow. Uh, well, you know, to be honest. I think it's actually inspiring. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no, honestly, I'm not even kidding. Gary has like severe ADHD, and so do it I. Really does. To be honest, yeah, I uh, I also have severe ADHD. So I you know I know uh, what's that? How do you guys carry a conversation then? Because you know, with Gary, he freely admits to me on a regular basis that he is like a puppy. And if you throw a tennis ball, he's just going to go chase it, and then he'll forget what you were doing right before that. Yeah, I'm pretty much useless, like, in a lot of the areas in life besides, like, jiu-jitsu. I mean, I could speak or no, but, like, if you're going to, like, try to teach me how to, like, like, I still don't even know how to change a tire, bro. Like, you believe that? Like, <laughs> what kind of man doesn't know how to change a tire? So definitely my ADHD is a problem in life, you know, so... I actually can relate to Gary very well because we also we share that disability. Yeah, that's not even a joke. Like I'm dead serious. You know, like we both we, we both share that disability. Well, I mean, does and let me ask you this: because you guys are always consistently thinking outside of the box, does that actually help you guys in a jujitsu sense? Because your brain is going so many different routes that you're probably already switching plans that you had. And maybe that's what makes you guys so elusive and hard to really figure out when you're rolling. You know, I mean, if you look at our styles, you know, uh, it's, it, we have two totally different styles. Like I've always had like a very, uh, I'll say I've had a safe game. You know, I like to call my game perfect to be honest. You know, I don't make many mistakes. I think in my whole entire career competing, uh, and I, I got, you know, you said the 2007, I've been competing, and that's actually when I won the, the world championship as a brown belt in 2007. 
or 2008, actually, when the Pan Ams and all that stuff was a brown belt. So I was competing, you know, long before that. So in my whole competition career, I've given up less than 15 points. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to get my guard back. I don't like to, uh, I just don't like to give up points, you know. So I pride myself in my game on being, uh, being perfect. I don't, I don't think about winning or losing. I think about being perfect and the consequence of perfection is victory. Gary's a wild man, you know, he's always trying new crazy things and, and, uh, you know, it's made him very, very exciting, you know. So my match against Rao Assis is no time limit. I mean, it's 15 minutes, just submission only. So, you know, I'll be inclined to, open up and try some uh, more exciting things. But I think you can definitely tell Gary has ADHD when you watch his jiu-jitsu, even <laughs> though it's so beautiful to watch. And maybe me, you wouldn't be able to tell, you know? <laughs> and let me ask you this, 15 points, do you have those, like, notched in the top right corner of your bed? How does that number keep to you? Or is that just how obsessive you are about the, the matches you fight? Yeah, I don't like giving up points. I actually, you know, I think losing losing is probably like one of the worst things that could to happen in life. To be quite honest, I mean, you know, you have to deal with it, but it, it is what it is. But uh, you know, Andre Galvao scored three points on me. Kron uh, didn't score on me as a as a as a as a blue belt. I I, I was scored. Someone scored three points on me, and uh, a brown belt. Uh, I think there was two points scored on me, but, uh, you know, I'm curious though. I have a question about your game and I do find this, that was asked and answered by the way, the (laughs) moment you're able to start cataloging (laughs) the matches, it's like, okay, yeah, that is how your mind works. Okay. Perfect. That's, that's just good to know. Rap and I don't have that moment where it's like, I've given up 14, but it's like, I stopped. I literally just gave up 15 points as we were talking. So (laughs) it's like someone passed my guard. I can't even explain it. You would call your game safe, which I find fascinating because you do. But you play from you play from bottom half. You still play those bottom sweeps, uh, especially when you're attacking the legs. Oh yeah, like for sure. Like against Rawasis, I'm going to pull guard. I'm going to use my half guard. I'm going to attack his feet. Uh, it's no secret what I do. I just do it really good. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. like the best in the world. So everything he does is really good. You know what I mean? I mean, it's you know too perfect. Two perfect games going at one another. So, and the I mean, fight not- you're referencing, July 11th, it's part of the Submission Series Pro, which is so cool. Yeah, yeah, July July 11th in Toronto. I'm actually, I decided to go out alone. I'm going out solo. Uh, I'm not even flying anybody out with me, bro. I'm just like, just like, you know, if there was like, the, like a Thug Life video for this, you know, like it would be like, <laughs> yeah, playing yeah. Toronto and just like, <laughs> like fucking Snoop Dogg playing in the background. <laughs> you just getting off a cold train in Toronto. Yeah. That counts. What are you, so, okay, you, you're playing then to, to pull guard. Are you trying to finish this uh, via footlock, via toehold? What's your, what's your plan of submission? Well, Dallas, he's he's so good, man. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be hard. You know, it's going to be very hard. But I'm just going to attack anything he gives to me. You know, whether whether that be like the arms, you know, kimuras, uh, like leg locks, like guillotines, like you know, I don't know. Like maybe I should let him pass and mount and try something from there. Like I really, I don't, I don't know. You know, like uh, I got I got to lock up with him. You know, how strong he is. Uh, I'm a very strong guy. You know, I've never felt 
anybody ever overpowered me before, but, uh, you know, I, I really respect him and I really don't know. You know, I hope it's not a boring match, but at the end of the day, I'm the one who's going in there against the number one guy in the world. You know what I mean? So I have to, yeah. For me, like, Make I, don't sure. agree, I don't agree with that shit. Like, oh, it's okay to lose as long as it's exciting. It's, you know, man, no, it doesn't matter. No, it's not okay to lose. You know, if you lose, you lose. If you lose, it happens. You know what I mean? But anybody says, oh, it's okay to lose as long as you're exciting. Like, I don't, I don't like that. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of losing uh, at all, but I am a big fan of winning. So I'm, I'm just going to attack them. I truly believe <laughs> I have it in me. Do I? Man, like, all these guys got to understand. Let's get something straight. Let's get something straight right now. I stopped grappling competition in 2009 to go to MMA. My last competitions were Abu Dhabi when, you know, I had a very controversial match against a cyborg who is now crowned the number one grappler in the whole entire world at Absolute Division. And then I took third in the world, black belt, and my loss was to Josh Barnett. I was the only one to score points. And then I left for five years to compete MMA. Now, all these other guys kept grappling, kept grappling. Well, now I'm back. Here I am. I'm back. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't just fall off. I left as one of the best grapplers in the world, and I'm back as one of the best grapplers in the world. And I'm back to prove that not only am I one of the best grapplers in the world, I am the best in the world. I believe in my ability. I believe that I am number one. There's no one better than me. I deserve everything. The world on a platter. You know, so... I understand. It's also worth noting, and I like the attitude. I just like the gravity. It's also worth noting you were having a pretty successful MMA career. We're not talking about like a grappler that went in, struggled or wavered. It's like you had a pre- you had a very successful mixed martial arts career as well. That's why you were so focused on it. So it was like a, you know it was a very good run. That's why I'm I'm fascinated by this because when we talked to Gary last, this is one of the things he said. He was like Tom's focused back on grappling. It was like, uh oh. Yeah, well, that's, that's interesting. That's <laughs> and for me, I just love grappling. I love jujitsu. I really did, and uh, you know, love MMA. Ever, it's just something I was, I had to do as a, as a school owner, like as, as a man. My teacher did it. His teacher did it. You know, you're almost, you know, it was an obligation for me to show my students that you know I could be in wars. I could get my face bashed in. I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna smile when I'm done. You're never gonna break me. You know, mentally. You know what I mean? Uh, I was blessed with my MMA career for sure. But, uh, you know, now, like, I'm doing what I love. And that's all it comes down to. You know, there's a number of things I think we probably can really look at here. But, Tom, one thing that really interests me is, and we'll, we'll come back to a little bit of the submission side, but... Does the not losing also extend to like board games with your family? Does that does that go for everything? Yeah, bro, I don't like to lose at all, ever. I somehow I don't know why I was picking that up, but that was just something that seemed to be out there. Uh, what has probably been the most crushing loss that you've ever had? Because if you can remember all of the points that have been scored against you, let's take it out of MMA. Let's take it out of jiu-jitsu. What has been the most devastating loss outside of that for you, be it board game, be it anywhere? Like, uh, just take out MMA and jiu-jitsu because I feel like you will tell me exactly that. But I want to know about Tom DeBlass outside of jiu-jitsu, outside of MMA. 
Did somebody beat you at like Monopoly, a, a, and did you have that? Yeah, crushing Monopoly Did you, like, loss. write it down when you got home, and it was, you, like, put it on a vision board that's like, I'm coming back after this asshole? You know, for sure the most devastating loss that I had outside of MMA and Jiu-Jitsu was uh, I was in the fourth grade, and I was a pitcher for Little Little League, and the, the irony was I, I struck out the last person to win our playoffs and in our Little League, and then we got to the World Series, and then the final game of the World Series, I uh, I walked in the last batter to lose the game to lose the series, and you know to this day I remember that heartbreak, man. I remember the feeling of being a loser, and uh, it was one of the most important days of my life because I understood that you know medals for showing up don't mean shit. At the end of the day, there's a winner and there's a loser. Surely, if you give your best, that's all you could do, but you still go home as a loser, you know. So I just don't like being a loser. I don't like losing at all. It's not something I, I, I really want to accept, you know. Uh, but at the same time, I understand losing is a part of life. My son and my That's daughter are going to understand, hey, you're going to lose sometimes, but then you're going to come back stronger than ever, and you're going to learn from each loss that you have. And eventually, you don't have to learn anything else through losing. Like, I don't have to learn a damn thing through a loss anymore. I'll learn everything through my wins, you know. If I ceased tapping me in two weeks, the, the, there was no bigger picture. There was no, oh, well, it was meant to be. No bullshit. What was meant to be is he was, he was better that day, and that's that, and I, and, and I asked up. You know what I mean? That's what it comes down to. There was no, oh, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to learn that it sucks to lose. That's what I'm going to learn. But I already know it sucks to lose. <laughs> I gotta say, this is uh, super refreshing to hear because most of the times you hear everybody uh, be apologetic for losing and, and whatnot. And uh, Kev, I gotta say, it's a good thing we are not going through uh, with uh, putting the person who he walked uh, way back in the fourth grade on air with him right now. So let's go ahead and make yeah, sure I'm we drop we, that call. I'm glad we rethought yep, that. that was, you and I had a long talk about it. Did. I was like, should we have him on? We're gonna bring I it don't around. Know. Do a this is your life sort of thing with Tom, but I'm glad we thought better of it. Uh, yeah. Tom, do me a favor. Tell me how exactly this match uh, came together for the Submission Series Pro because when I heard that this was going down, I got excited and I kind of wanted to hear from you how, you know, was it you that put out the interest? Was it them? Was it mutual? Where did this all uh, originate from? Uh I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I know Pat Clark is a really great guy, and he's, you know, super great to work with. Uh, and I, you know, we've been talking for a while, you know, and and I don't remember exactly how 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 it happened, but uh, I know I just liked him. Like, I don't need to do anything for money. You know what I mean? Like, I have a school, I have my life, I, I have everything I need financially. So, you know, everything I do now is uh it was just it's something that I, I gotta want to do you know he made it so I wanted to do it you know what I mean and that's why one day I really woke up fighting MMA I was like man like are you kidding me like I'm gonna fight and get my face smashed in and, and smash another man's face in for peanuts like <laughs> man I make more money in one month of my school than I would in a fight you know it's like yeah. get that money, man like I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a sheep you know what I mean like I'm, I'm a I'm a grown man who's worked hard for what he has so Cat spoke to me with a ton of respect, and thus far, I, I just like him very much, and I'm, I'm excited to compete for a show. He's not arrogant, you know. He doesn't uh, 
he doesn't demand silly things, you know, and he understands that the sport is growing and, and he wants to grow it, and, and that's just what it comes down to. Absolutely. We got the chance just to chat about the Submission Series Fight Pro, and it seemed like the number one thing they're just trying to do is get big names and big matches to sort of keep pushing the limits of what Canadian Jiu-Jitsu can be. And in that regard, um, if you, if that's how they're approaching it, that makes a ton of sense, that they would be really supportive and be like, Tom, please, whatever we should do, it's just please come fight out at this thing. And this is one of those matches, they had originally pitched it as they were mostly pairing up like a local Canadian against maybe someone um, that they could bring in from like Atos. And, that, and when I saw that this match was on the card, it was just like, oh, this is why we got to start talking live stream. Because uh, you versus Zhao is like one of those fights. Let's just make sure. I know you're not taking anybody with you, but can you make sure they record this thing? Uh, so those of us not in Toronto are able to t- partake. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it is a, there is a live stream, though, right? Is there on this one? I yeah, believe I there was a live stream on the last one. And there should be a live stream on this one unless they hate Free us. live stream on the June 20th. Got to watch some of that one. Well, that never mind. That's amazing. Then asked and answered. Don't worry, Tom. Yeah. I, I think you were slowly understanding the struggle I have uh, over here in working with our research department, aka my co-host. <laughs> How dare you? Oh yeah. I read the page. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the live stream link, Raph. I thought maybe they weren't doing it. It's totally fine, Kevin. You found it on the same page that you found that Tom started back in two thousand seven. I might have totally. Good. I might have. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the secrets are unraveled there. You know, so you're going solo. Is does, Have you done that before? Have you, like, just on your own gone without a team or anything like that? And if so, how does that differ for you? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, won, I, won the, uh, I won the Nationals. I went to California in 2008 alone uh, by myself, and I won the, the Brown Belt National Championship. Uh, you know, I, I don't... I have my team, I have my teacher here, and I never, you know, like, my teacher's a very, very busy guy, you know, I don't, I don't expect anyone to stop their day and go somewhere just because of me, and Jiu-Jitsu is not MMA, you know what I mean, it's just a different animal, but, uh, yeah, I'm fine going out alone, and I know everybody, you know, I'm sure I know somebody out there to jump out and, uh, you know, be all kind for me. (laughs) Do you find that you're making friends once it's all said and done you're like hey what's up everybody you got anybody want to go for a pizza want a drink just one yeah brown no. belt anybody no yeah. everybody you know i mean now i'm different you know i'm much more friendly i think uh <laughs> i had more of like a chip on my shoulder you know like now i'm just like man i just want to be friends with everybody and i i respect everybody and you know I, I'm man. I'm just a small piece of this puzzle in, in this future world, and and that's really all it comes down to. Like, I'm just thankful to be a part of the show. I'm, I'm thankful to you know to have the opportunity. You know, as much as I say I believe I'm the best, you know, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to uh, compete against all these guys. These guys are phenomenal. You know, absolutely. So, I'm, I'm just man. Like, how many people in their life say they're competing in a main event against like the number one ranked guy in the world? You know, yeah. that actually. Yeah. I'm, but I'm not just happy to be there. You know, like, I, I want to make a statement and prove that I'm the number one guy in the world, you know, but I'm, God's given me this opportunity, and I just have to relish in the moment and be thankful. 
I love it. And you know what? If I could put this out there just in the ether, you know, I want to make sure maybe there's something to be said of this. But I think that there could be a great companion series to whatever kind of footage you ever have, which is if anybody ever scores points on you, I would like to see you guys both grab a drink afterwards because I feel that conversation would be amazing. Just Tom being like, what the fuck were you doing up there? What was that little move? I always want, you know, it's funny because Gary's student, Gordon, uh, he's actually text messaging me right now. And uh, he's, he's, you know, he's he's 19 years old and, you know, he just got out of the ground belt. And I bust Gary's old chops all the time, you know, saying how great Gordon is. But, you know, (laughs) yeah, for sure. I went through my whole life without giving up 15 points of competition. And then some sometimes I train with this little prick, you know, like he 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 whoops me all over the place, you know. And I love it because I'm forced to learn. And it was mm-hmm. funny what happened a week ago. He he beat me on a Sunday. Like I was actually laughing. I was actually thinking <laughs> something was weird. So I was like, man, let me train with someone else that I normally whoop just to see if I'm okay. So I trained mm-hmm. with somebody else and normally whoop and I whoop their ass like I always do. And then I went back with him, and then he beat me. Like, man, I was like, what the hell is this? So then I went home, and I thought about everything. I was so thankful that he, I still have so much to improve on. I could be better. I could be better. No matter how much I've done, I could still get better. So for me, it wasn't like just, wow, how good is Gordon? It's like, wow, how much more shit can I win? Because I'm not even anywhere near how good I could be. So I went back. I thought about his game. I came back. I had I had a much better answer on Tuesday for him. Almost two days later, you know, uh, a much better answer. I answered a lot of his, uh, his submission attempts and you know everything that he was giving me trouble with. I you know I was kind of giving him trouble. And I looked at him. And I said, "Remember, man, you know these are the days you have to understand. You got to go home and you got to understand. Like now is when we get better. We don't go home pissed off. We don't go home slapping the mat. We go home saying, man, how did he do that? You know, and I saw him automatically." As soon as I was stopping his sweeps and my leg last whatever, I saw the wheel spinning in his mind. I saw him all thinking, like, man, like, what do I do next to, to you know, to, to get Tom? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so he's going to do something next. And I'm going to do something. So it's just a constant, you know, everybody's evolving. But for sure, he's my teammate. And, uh, you know, he's Gary's student. And, you know, I kind of consider him like a distant student of my own and like a little brother. So that's okay. But, like, if I were competing against him, and he did that shit to me. I may like kidnap him. <laughs> I mean, I gotta tell you, Tom. The reason why this is so hysterical is that uh, Gary was out here doing a seminar out in Los Angeles, and I had the opportunity to attend it. And I saw Gordon, and I've heard of him, and I actually got to see him, you know, assisting Gary and helping him out. And there's this great moment where they're talking about a transition, and Gordon gives one of his secrets. So you see him start to show what he likes to do. And every person in there, I'm talking black belt, I'm talking brown belt, I'm talking you name it. When they see him do what he's about to do, everybody just goes, oh. And everybody just smiles and laughs. And Gary just goes, yeah, he's got me with that. So uh, let's, uh, let's all move on. And uh, it works. Let's just say that. Okay. And all of, us, 
all of us laughed at that. But I do have to ask you, I, I, you may have chimed in on this as well, but I saw something go up yesterday on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, which is Gary saying he lost, I'm sorry, won a arm wrestling match against Gordon. Has this happened regularly? Is there some sort of thing that we don't know? Because both of them seem to say that they got the best of the other. And I'm imagining with the culture that you're talking about over there, things can be very competitive. But in particular for the arm wrestling, is there something that this is going on continuously with you guys? Or do you just run out of things to compete? You're literally just coming down to Uno now. Gordon has good abs and Gary has good abs. Have you seen my arms like compared to, to his arms? Like, no, he's never being, he's never arm wrestled me. And like, he actually like tagged me in like a photo, like, oh, just beat Gary five times in arm wrestling. He's like, you're next. Like, listen, you little prick. Don't get too comfortable. Like, I'll hit you over the head with a problem and you're not looking. You know, what are you doing? So, so, uh, so for me, it's, it, it, it's funny because uh, yeah, these guys are always competing in, in, in something, you know, and and they're hungry, they're, they're they're young, they're lions, they're mean, you know, they're mean competitors. They they will win and they want they will do anything to win. But uh, no, Gordon will never in his life beat me in an arm wrestling match as long as he lives. Ever. <laughs> oh, I'm just I want to make sure we mark the exact moment on the podcast. Cut. That's eleven oh six Eastern. Perfect. All right. Let's make Got sure it. that comes. Put it back. in the vault. We'll put it in the vault. That'll be something to ask Gordon. And we were very proud and and happy to see he rightfully got his uh, brown belt. Obviously, you guys have killers that are going on over there. So much props to you and your team. That is truly impressive. And I know when Gary talked with me a little bit, he was explaining how you guys have a culture of wanting to prove your systems. What you guys do is the best and. At least from our half, it is nice to see competitors like you guys pushing the action because there are some competitors we won't name names. Eh, not maybe not so exciting. Yeah, you know, I mean, for sure, Gary and Gordon and these guys, uh, you know, they're the new age man. They they are uh, these kids. You know, like, I was telling a party the other day. I said. It's, you know, I'm, I'm 33. I feel like I'm in the prime of my life. I feel like I'm better than I've ever been. And uh, I said to Gordon, and he's like, man, like, you know, because I'm going to corner him in the Submission Series Pro in September. And he said, you should get on that. I said, no, man, it's right after Sabu Bukhabi. I'm chilling. I'm enjoying life a little bit. He's like, no, I said, you can't. You have too much of a competitor in you. I said, for sure, you've got to understand, but I've been doing this for 14 years competing. I've actually been competing in something since I've been four years old. So I've been competing in combat sports for 14 years, you know? So for me, it's like, it's not that I'm not capable. It's just that I don't want to wake up every morning and be attacked and attack these young, <laughs> these young kids. You know, I want to sit back and watch Gordon and Gary attack one another because to me, this shit's entertaining. I love it. You know, so like for sure, I'm not uh, I'm not here to just roll over anytime soon. And I'll, I'll probably compete in Abu Dhabi after this as well. But I'm definitely going to slow down as far as competition is concerned. And I'll be competing every two to three months. And I actually just want to be a fan. I'm a huge fan of these guys. Like, you know, for sure. Like, with life issues, like I'll I'll guide them in certain aspects. Uh, you know, but I'm also I like to sit back and watch what they do. I also like to sit back and 
and learn from them and, and uh, you know, see what new things they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, everybody learns from everybody. That's the thing. And, you know, if, you, if you're that kind of instructor that's afraid to afraid to lose, right, to your students or something like that, like, you're never going to get good. You know, like, man, like, I want to know what they're doing, and then I want to beat them with what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it comes down to. Uh, and I say beat them in, 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 a, in, in, in a soft way. Like, there's no beating our teammates and our students or it's not like that but it's like you know we're very right you want to destroy him in the most respectfully dominant agreeable good sportsmanship way just as long as you made sure you you crushed him i want to try i want to try my best to i don't know how how well it's going to work all the time but it's not going to work at all and that's going to be the days i have to get like uh some kind of like weird powder in my hand and rub it in his eyes. <laughs> Can't say he doesn't have a plan. That's for damn sure. Uh, so you're telling us that you, you know, you're going to start winding down, not as many competitions in terms of that, and that you see yourself growing more students. Um, do you see yourself doing any kind of other stuff, uh, giving back to jujitsu or anything like that uh, as you continue to go on? Yeah, you know, I definitely want to branch off into, you know, some other things, whether, whether it be, uh, you know, like, I, you know, I have a, a very, you know, successful business and I enjoy helping people and I enjoy charity and I enjoy speaking, you know, so my life is just not going to end with, uh, jujitsu competition, you know, uh, yeah. I really don't know. I kind of, you know, I, I put things in, in God's hands, uh, and I trust in him. I'm a big Jesus fan, uh, you know, and I just do the best that I could. And I find when I focus on helping people rather than making money, I make money, you know? Uh, and that's really what it comes down to. Like, uh, you know, I, don't, I, I came to the conclusion not too long ago that I need absolutely nothing materialistic. Uh, I went to Costa Rica with some of my students. We stayed in like a, eight-by-eight room, you know. Uh, it wasn't big at all. I didn't watch TV at all for the whole week. I trained in, like, at Gracie Tamarindo, like a, a smaller school, you know, nice school, but very small, hot. And I was content, you know. I didn't need anything. So I don't need anything but what, you know, what God's given me. You know, I just need this body. I need my mind, and that's all I need. And I'm just going to do my best to pass on the knowledge that I've, that I've gotten over the years through some of the wars that I've had, you know, mm-hmm. just some of the things that I've seen people successfully do, some of the things I've seen people unsuccessfully do, even myself, you know, my failures, my triumphs, whatever it is that I've done, I've learned something. So I believe I have a, a, a voice that people want to listen to. And, and I think, you know, all my, my, you know, the competition that I've had, definitely make people a little bit more inclined to listen because I know I've been there before. I like it. And, you know, speaking of what you're mentioning about charity, I had this one thing that I really want to ask you. I know you were supposed to have a, a softball charity game that you were supposed to play in for baseball today, which now that I know a little bit more about your fourth uh, grade uh, loss, I'm kind of glad that didn't go because this would have been an entirely different interview had you not won. But... <laughs> I do want to ask this because I, I am genuinely uh, curious. Did you have an open mat before you would have gone 
to play that game. Yeah, yeah, I have one today. Uh, okay, well, this is what we want to talk about because you mean to tell me with you and all of your heel hook killers out there that you're going to train before going to play baseball or softball, I'm sorry, with all these people who are dead set on murdering you. How do you do that? Because I can only choose one or the other as a normal. So explain to me how that works for you. Well, for me right now, it's uh, <clears throat> I, I have Abu Dhabi and I have submission series coming up. So, you know, it's not even... It's not even a, a choice. It's just it's discipline. I have to stay disciplined. So I had no choice but to train. You know, I was actually going to go to the batting cages right afterwards, but it got uh, it got canceled uh, the game. But uh, yeah, I, I got to train every day. You know, rain, sleet, snow, hail doesn't matter, man. Because you know, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's fine and dandy. It was awesome that I was going to do a charity softball game. But you know what the hell, man? I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be swinging bats when Joe sees training and I'm not going to train when he's training and I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to sleep at night knowing that so of course I'm going to train I'm going to find a way to train you know even though I was doing a charity softball game or whatever uh, you know there's no choice but to train everybody's getting better you know if I don't train for for a week these kids that we're talking about that I'm training with you know I'm going to I'm going to get murdered you know I'm going to be fighting for my life and again I don't like to get murdered you know <laughs> 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 that we very much know, Tim. This has been this has been fantastic. You get you're highly spoken of by your students. We understand why you uh, your passion for jujitsu is fantastic. And you uh, sponsored by Phalanx, which is I can tell that right on the submission series pro. You've got a badass purple shirt on, fighting July 11th, 7 p.m. out there in Toronto. Submission Series Pro. This is going to be a badass fight, so people should tune into this one. People will tune in. This one's going to be checked out. I'm definitely... Uh, it's a really good time, too, because it's right as the Nogi season is pushing through. Uh, so it's good timing. We're excited to see what's going on. Is there anything else we can shout out for you? No. You know, uh, um... People know your school at this point. That's pretty well... Uh, she's obviously, uh, they know it. So you're good on that front. Yeah. I mean, of course my school, my students and, you know, basically, you know, I just want to remind everybody who is, uh, just let me tell a quick story real quick about a Naga event that I did when I was a purple belt. Uh, when I, when I competed as a purple belt, I was, I, you know, Ricardo told me, like, now there's, we don't, don't lose anymore, my man. You know, we're a purple ball, we're going to win everything we do. I lost in the advanced division uh, in the finals. You know, that bastard actually scored on me, too, I just remembered. Uh, <laughs> he passed my guard, and that's how I, I completely forgot about that, and that's how we won. I don't know the guy, but he was a Lloyd Urban student. And Lloyd, you know, people can say what the hell they want about him. The guy knows his shit and he knows how to have his competitors win and that's the truth that's all I'll say about that and it's through the me. and I figured out every I said to myself every reason why I should never compete again oh I had to wait too long I'm focusing on this competition and this is unorganized and this is that this is that and I started making excuses why I don't have to compete anymore and then I came home and I looked in the mirror and I said you coward you know what a coward you are man. making excuses running away 
from something that made you uncomfortable. You know, I made myself sick. And I vouched for myself, win, lose, or draw, get my ass out there, every opportunity that I can have, and give my best, give 100%. And I got out there, and I've gotten lucky time and time again. I've won time and time again. You know, God's given me the opportunity to win the Worlds, to pay and the Nationals. I would love trials two times. And just think, no one would even know who Tom the Blast was if I would have stayed home as a coward and been afraid to go back out there. You know, and now, jiu-jitsu is not all about being a competitor. You have amazing jiu-jitsu structures that never competed before. But how many people could be amazing, could be great, could be world-class, that just let their fear get the best of them, that just let their fear control them, that just let their fear, you know, dictate their lives. You know, I mean, I can't guarantee victory. I can't guarantee anything except that I'm going to give my best. But the only, you know, the only thing I know is that when I do die one day, I know that I'm going to die as a man. I know I'm going to die as someone who's given their all, you know. So I hope all the young competitors out there that are thinking about, oh, maybe I shouldn't compete. I lost a tournament. I lost a white belt division. Man, you lost the white belt division and you're complaining? Try getting your face smashed in in front of 20,000 people. Try getting your face smashed in and then having to come home to your family and have your daughter look at you in the face. This is the life of a professional fighter, of someone who puts their all into everything. You know what? If the worst thing that could happen to me is I lose a competition, life isn't that bad. You know, so all you young guys out there, young girls, you know, even even the 40-year-olds are trying something new. Don't let it, a loss, you know, dictate your life. Don't let a loss keep you from trying again, man. And, you know, and that's that, that's so important. And also, real quick, I just want to tell uh, everybody out there who's listening, my student, Luke, uh, Yes, he is as terrible as a person as I say he is. Just so. <laughs> I was. I was like after that run. I was like after that really. I know. I was like, yeah, I was about to go no get the guitar. Way this story does not end with a shout out to somebody or a challenge, because I was like, man, that's wonderful, Tom. You you got it. You got it all right. That's perfect. Wait, man, Luke. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Not a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom the Blast. That's going to do it for us tonight, Raph. Fun interview with Tom. He seems used to dealing with Gary more so mm-hmm. than we are. The only thing I didn't get to on our on our question list was I did I was curious. It was like, hey, what was like those moves that would work early on against Gary that you used to really enjoy that uh, <laughs> probably don't work as well anymore? But we didn't get there. So. Yeah, I don't think any of those even really are the same, especially if they play such very different games. But you know what? If there's anybody you can count to break it down, it sounds like Tom's the guy who not only analyzes but agonizes. So <laughs> I love the the points. It was like, do you keep track of these? Well, they started listening. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, you do. Okay. My favorite is that as we got toward the end of the I interview, can't. he remembered another set of points, and I I don't know if <laughs> he was okay That'll on his side of the world, where just, maybe at his house he, he got a little belt. angry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Who who can say? Well, let's put that on the let's table that for next time. Tom stops by. I'll ask about 
there's any real good things to like throw at Gary. <laughs> I mean, you should be more curious than anyone. You're the one at his seminars hanging out with him all the time. Mm-hmm. Saying. Well, I'm also not trying to surprise attack him a whole bunch. Oh, I don't. And that's just your own. <laughs> I do not want to lose, and I know I'm going to. So I'm trying to throw a Hail Mary. That's what this is. Yeah, that's good luck Hail with Mary. that, though. Thank you. Thank you. And we're, we're a house divided on Aldo arriving. We're pretty sure McGregor is going to make it unless he takes too many pictures before then. And it turns out that does the same thing tanning beds used to do to you. Yes. Uh, there's really no way of knowing, though, uh, per se. Well, you know, <laughs> so. We're just going to have to wait to see exactly what happens there. But I don't know. Maybe it'll be fascinating. Maybe this is like the UFC season finale that they're leaving us with a cliffhanger. It's genius. Mm. Well, you you and your Hollywood talk. Yes. I'm going to confuse my simple... I, hey, I can't right. help them. They were just in Florida, in Hollywood in Florida. So maybe that's where they got the bug. As we know, Hollywood, Florida is the ninth greatest Hollywood there is in the United States. <laughs> I don't know how many... I'm sorry, I'm doing that movie where I'm like, hey, how many can I name before I have to ask him? <laughs> Uh, it's time for some shout-outs, Raph. It's time for some shout-outs. I've gotten to be doing a full... It's been nice to be home, doing some training, some no-gi. Had a fun class, this fun class is, this week. Uh, really been enjoying the hell out of it. So, no-gi season, I'm just as happy as possible. Andrew was out refing something at GMU today, like the the national police and firefighters a grappling tournament i don't you know andrew's just refing these things at all times um but it sounded really cool so i'm stoked to hear how that went i think that's all i got raf that's awesome uh i want to go ahead and start by shouting out valley martial arts center <laughs> i'm Oh, man, good stuff happening over there. Um, Lots of good training. Lots of interesting uh, nonsense. You know, Kev, I put up a meme earlier this week, which was um, when you pour out part of a 40, when you find out that your training partner has gotten injured. I actually saw that meme. Great meme. Thank you. It was was rough. We've, uh, We've lost Octavio. Uh, he's not dead. What did a bull run through him? I know he's not. He's dead. not dead. Did a bull run? <laughs> he's, I know. He, I know. I just Kev, let uh, me let me grieve in my own way, okay? Um, okay. it's been it's been rough, and um, you know it's <sighs> we will we will endure. Uh, you know it's great when you feel bad and you send uh one of your favorite training partners a note. So I sent Octavio a note like, hey man, uh, I heard about your injury. I feel really really bad about it. Do you know what he came back with to me? I flowers, a candy bar. No, no, no. Maybe something to say. He just said, oh, man, thank you so much. I'm going to come back and kill you. Which, I, you know, I don't really understand why I was being so nice. So to Octavio, my sympathy is obsolete now. Come back and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hurt your other shoulder. Boom. How do you feel like that? Yep. I probably won't, but. I don't know. I like it. I like being like, hey, you know your good shoulder? That's nice. <laughs> I think it's a good way to let people know. Don't don't get too lippy, all right? So anyway, uh, that was a lot of uh, 
interesting news to get, but we we wish him a speedy recovery. My thanks again to everybody at the 5 a.m. jiu-jitsu classes. And I want to do a big shout-out to uh, – Is that what it's called? Yes. Well, we haven't really called it anything. It's just Breakfast jiu-jitsu club? No, we're not the breakfast jiu-jitsu club. Although if we were, I'm definitely Emilio Estevez. So. Are you? I thought that's what you were going to say. You are. Awesome. I'm absolutely – I'm the bookend that ends that movie. <laughs> I am – Really glad that we've been doing it. It's been a big help for me at classes uh, and, you know, stuff to do from there. So my thanks to everybody. And uh, let's go ahead and shout out uh, our good friend John DeVera. John DeVera, uh, Kev, has made some great improvements in his game. He's one of the nicest guys at the gym. And uh, you know when a training partner starts to level up and you're not really used to them doing a certain thing? And then they start to do it and you go, "Uh uh-oh, no. No, you can't. I don't allow you to do this. You're too good at this now. Stop shimmying. Mm -hmm. So Devera was uh, upping his game. And we also give a big shout out to our friends over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. That is Eric. That is Joey. All of them for their great stuff. Although I will tell you one thing. I wrote an article about Michael Jackson, his top 10 videos. Joey professes to be a bigger Michael Jackson fan than me, which is not true. But... uh, I send him a note like, hey, man, good stuff with uh, the jiu-jitsu club and all that stuff. Hey, by the way, I put up a Michael Jackson article. And he goes, oh, my God, did you did you put that out? Wait, is today the 25th? I forgot that that's the day he died. And I was like, well, real fans know that. Oh, and here's the thing. He's you never. You said that to him. You didn't take the classy route. No, not at all. Because real fans, you know, real talk. Because he started it. I understand. You're you're saying he he crossed the line. Real fans. That's well, not harsh he, to real fandom. He, that's that's the way it is. And he was saying something about uh, how not funny I am, which, as we all know, Ooh. is just basically begging for me to cut at the jugular. So I. Said that to him, and mind you, I've, I've then been to come at your man, Michael. Yeah, never, uh, uh, not MJJ. But when you talk shit about Joey's jujitsu, he laughs it off. But when you question his Michael fandom, he went berserk. And he, his exact words: "Hey, you fuckface! Don't you ever question my Michael Jackson fan." <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. So my props to them over at, to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Also, a big shout-out to everybody over at Breakdown Academy. Uh, Jevons, as always, doing some great stuff. The new mats they've got there are great. Kev, I took some falls because we're doing some wrestling yeah. training. That's going to happen. You're going to fall down. You're going to get up. You're going to hopefully you get up. need to do break falls. That's how good the mats were. Mm-hmm. So unbelievably smooth. I was like, man, I could break fall this, but the mats feel so nice. Yay. So uh, my thanks to them there. John was great help this week. Uh, I also want to shout out Jeremy Romero, who's a great, great training partner. And it was good to have him back and working with us. So I think... That, for the most part, will do it for me this week. I also want to shout out my little cousin, Marty, who I believe I will be training with this week. Marty, continue not to get better because that's way better for me. And I think that will do it for me. Well, you, sir, deserve a special thanks tonight here on his birthday. That is just a small but pretty good representation of where Raph's priorities lie. Podcast entertainment, 
I'm probably thinking about a first slice article coming out this week. Uh, chatting with Kelly about things that are going on in life, made sure he trained. Oh, and it's his birthday. That'll also obviously get its attention when other people, but uh, he's not so much worried about it. Raph, happy birthday. Thank you for doing the podcast this evening. Thank you for being born. And that is going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and gay Jesus. <laughs> I want that to be on my ringtone forever. I don't want ever want another one. Just want that that last twenty seconds.